to the 30-something podcast. I'm Sunny Avada. Here we talk all about the things that make this stage of life so fun and so complicated. Motherhood, lifestyle, wellness, health, and more. Join our community as I talk to experts, authors, and others to make life a little easier for you. Hey guys, it is Sunny today on my own. It's a solo cast. I feel weird. I'm not going to lie. I love interviewing people and asking questions. So when I'm sitting at the mic by myself, I have to admit this is a strange feeling. But this was an episode that I thought I should do alone because um, it's all kind of personal experience stuff. And it's stuff about motherhood and about um, the early childhood years in particular um, that I've been sharing a ton of on my blog for the past couple of years. And I figured it's probably best to bring it to life. Um, so many, so many moms have reached out in the time that I've put my birth stories out there and any of these random posts I've put out about early motherhood and have said, oh my gosh, I've been there. I totally understand where you're coming from. And um, I came up with a post a while back that sort of um, encapsulated all of the lessons that I learned from the first couple of years of parenting. And that includes having the child and bringing the child into the world. It's crazy, crazy birth stories that we always talk about. So um, today we're talking about what I wish someone told me about motherhood which is a huge topic. And there are probably a lot of things that um, that I'll miss out here, but these are the ones that kind of came to mind. And like I said, over the years that I've been sharing my experiences, the most um, sort of feedback that I've gotten has been on these kind of topics. So um, so yeah, just a little backstory. If you're new here, um, I'm a mom of three. My kids are currently five and a half, four, and 17 months, so about one and a half. And... Um, yeah, we're in it. That 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 stage of life where you hear people say you're in the thick of it, that is exactly where we are. It's it's exhaustion, it's early mornings and late nights. Uh the baby for some reason is still getting up in the middle of the night. We're we're on our tanks are on empty a lot of time. And um I have just found the greatest community online of women and mamas who have um been so generous in sharing their experiences because this this part of life is hard. It's physically exhausting. And I feel like it just means so much when you hear someone else sort of validate all of the crazy stories that you've been through and they let you know, you know, you're not alone and I've been there and I get it. And so, um, yeah, just so much of that has motivated my work. And I feel so lucky that we're in a day and age where we can share these experiences. I think about my mom and my grandma and, and generations before who uh, no doubt went through these exact same things, but just didn't have the benefit of um, of having such a widespread network of, of women out there. You know, there's a downside that they say the village is gone. Sure, we don't have, you know, that next door neighbor that we can rely on and knock on their door. At least we personally don't. And, you know, get help any time of day. But what we do have is just an actual worldwide network of women that we can access anytime on social media and we can bounce ideas off of on you know Facebook mom groups or check out their blogs to see what they're going through and it's just so cool so um so yeah I, I think about this topic a lot because um like I said these first few years can be lonely my experience going into motherhood was a little bit rocky I was working full-time I was a TV news anchor I was working nights so my days were 2 p.m to you know midnight um, I was coming home. My husband was putting the baby to bed himself for the first nine months of my son's life, which was just 
baffling in and of itself. I don't know how he did it. I seriously bow down. I was nursing at the time, too. So you know how attached babies can be to mamas. And um, it was a little rough. And and I kind of took some time to reflect on that first foray into parenthood and, and, and came up with this post idea. And like I said, it just kind of went bonkers. So so let's get into it. The stuff that I wish someone told me about motherhood. Um, okay, so this ties into my first child I was just talking about, our, our son. We had a wacko birth with him. So um, the first point is if you don't get the birth experience you plan on, it can feel traumatic. So our backstory went something like this. Um, I was convinced that I was going to labor for as long as I could with no medication, no medical intervention if possible, and just kind of keep it um, natural. And, you know, I think a lot of women want to do that. I think that's the goal going in. We look for some reason we look at medical intervention as being uh, this like uh, bad thing with childbirth. But so I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go into hypnobirthing classes, which was I'm not laughing because it's it's really great. Hypnobirthing is wonderful. This is not crapping on that process at all. But I had to really convince my husband to to sort of like go to these classes with me and be a part of the experience. I I met with my doula. I I screened everybody. I was like, this is it. She's great. She's wonderful. And she was. She was super soothing. We would sit in her room and look at you know these diagrams of of the baby and she would show me all these like crazy things that, that were going to happen during labor. So we were feeling super prepared. I was due in January with him. And um, yeah, so I was like, this is great. I've got all my hypnobirthing in. We're approaching. We got through the holiday. We got all the rest that we needed to get in. Everybody's like, sleep while you can. And it's true. And we get to the start of the new year. My due date was January 17th. And um I go to my final hypnobirthing class with my doula and I'm like, you know, we're so close. I'm so excited. Here's the plan when we go to the hospital. And she was like, this is great. But and I'm just sort of holding my breath. I'm like, oh, God. She's like, listen, I am going to Mexico for a vacation. I have not had a vacation in five years. And, you know, it would I, I just I have to get away. She's like, I'm going to recharge my battery. I'm going to come back, be super ready for this birth. I'm so proud of what we've, we've accomplished and yada, yada. So I'm thinking, OK, well, when are you going? And she's like, well, I'm going to go the week before your due date. But don't worry, because first babies never come early. Well, I will give you one guess as to what happened. We came a week early exactly, and I went into labor at work. And when you work in a newsroom, anyone in media knows this, there's really not a quiet moment, right? We don't sit in offices in, in the newsroom proper. We don't have, um, you know, walls or partitions, really. You just literally are sitting across like a half partition from your neighbor across the way. You see everything. You hear everything. There's always conversations going on. Um there's always like, you know, some sort of heated issue that's being dealt with. So I pop in with my like giant belly and it's the week before my due date. And I kind of like start to feel a little strange. I'm like, oh, I think I'm coming down with the flu. This is the weirdest thing. I sit down at my desk to go tape a segment because we were doing some taping before the newscast went live at five. And I like they give me the microphone and I, I clip it onto my shirt and I'm like, OK, and calm myself down. Three, two. And I take a breath to go talk and literally a contraction hit me. And I was just completely speechless. And my photographer like pulls the camera aside. He's like, are you are you OK? I'm like, listen, this is totally fine. It's it's got to be a Braxton Hicks contraction. There's no way I'm going to go into labor early because this just it doesn't happen this way. My doula told me no one goes into labor 
early on their first baby. So I fight my way through this taping and, and literally as the seconds are passing, it's getting incredibly difficult to even like open my mouth to speak during these contractions. So I'm like, okay, well, at the very least, I need to go talk to my boss here. I need to talk to my news director because I need to give them a heads up. So, you know, someone has to be on that desk for a newscast. It's not like a job I could, I could leave and someone would just, you know, I mean, someone has to be there. So someone has to either be called in or prepped to start getting ready for the 5 p.m. newscast or, you know, they're going to be missing an anchor. So I go into his office and I'm like, I am so hell bent on not having this baby today. My doula is out of town. It's, you know, whatever, 4 p.m. I'm like, listen, here's the deal. I'm having these contractions. I'm all but certain this isn't real. Like, just trust me. Um, I'll be back for the 10 p.m. OK, just let me go home and rest. And he looks at me like, OK, you are a wacky person and I will see you in three months when you have this baby. And I was insistent. I was like, no. I'm going to go home. I'm going to rest. I'll be back at 10. This is this can't happen this way. I don't have anyone there. You know, the, the person that I've been prepping with for six months is not going to be there. So I'm not going to have this baby. You don't understand. Well, again, long story short, of course, it was labor. Of course, it was real. I drive home. I actually had to get a ride home from our chief photographer in a news vehicle in this bumpy Jeep. The poor guy was trying to talk with me. I was literally I couldn't even form words by the time we got back into our neighborhood. I was breathing so heavily and in such pain. So we get to the hospital and um, this is where the whole birth plan, I, I kind of always shake my head at it because we had something in mind and we had worked so hard to get to the point of, you know, putting into fruition or bringing to fruition what we had hoped for. And it just didn't work that way. It was 34 hours of intense labor and he got stuck. We got to the point where we were pushing and it just... um I'll spare you the gory details, but he just, he wouldn't come out. It's the bottom line. But I had gone through 30 hours of labor, I'd, which included about two hours of active pushing. And as you know, you ladies know out there, that is so, oh my God, it's so exhausting in and of itself. And finally, my doctor's like, look, you know, we have tried our best. He is not coming out. We need to go into, we need to do an emergency C-section. I remember looking at my husband and being like, okay. This is not what I wanted. This is not what we wanted. My doula's off on, you know, some white sandy beach of Mexico. God love her. This is not her fault. This is not crapping on her at all. You know, enjoy living life. She's like, you know, she's doing her thing. I did put into practice all my hypnobirthing breathing techniques, though. So I was proud for that. But anyway, um, I remember thinking to myself, okay, Sonny, you can decide. This is your moment to decide whether you're going to be a big baby and kick and scream and ruin this experience for yourself and your family. Or you can put your big girl pants on, just deal with it. Shit happens. And it was my first big lesson, I feel like, in motherhood is that we are not always in control of the big things. And it was a hard lesson to learn. It was a lesson that was learned at a really otherwise stressful time. But um, but yeah, so what happened after that, you know, he, thank God, came out healthy and fine and um, we nursed and everything was everything was great. I was grateful to my doctor for recognizing that I needed to do that because you don't want to question that. You need to go with what your medical provider is telling you. So he's here. He's healthy. But in the weeks beyond that, I felt really inexplicably sad. It was it was strange. I felt like I was mourning an experience that I never had. I felt like I was cheated in some way. And I've talked to a lot of C-section moms in the meantime since this has happened, who have said they felt the same way. Um, it can feel traumatic. And and I always tell new moms who are going through 
you know, or approaching their first delivery to give yourself grace, give yourself kindness. And if you experience something or if your child comes into the world in a way that you weren't planning or expecting, that's just life. That's just the beginning of it. I mean, this is the beginning of a life that you are now here to serve that you're not in control of all the time. And I, I joke with my husband. I was like, that was his like first lesson. Like you guys think you're in control. Well, watch this. Um, so yeah, if you don't get the birth experience that you plan on, it can feel traumatic and that's okay. And I always tell new moms who have that same feeling. And I only am sort of equating this to a C-section delivery, not because I feel that that's, you know, shameful in any way, but that just sort of happens to be the most common experience that women feel some sort of um, disappointment with. Um, reach out to people who have been there. I called a friend of mine who had had a C-section and I talked to her about the weirdest things. And I said, you know, were you sad too? And how was your healing process? And what's your scar like? I mean, just all of these things that were on my mind. And it didn't fix the problem right away. But I will tell you that the more that I purged that strange guilt or or disappointment from my system in talking to people, the better it felt. So reach out. I mean, it could be a therapist. It could be a fellow mom. It could be even on Facebook. There are tons of these, you know, Facebook groups right now where moms are connecting about their stories. And um, now I actually look back at that experience having the benefit of hindsight as one of the most strength engendering experiences I've ever had, not only as a mom, but as a person. That was a time where I felt proud to have made a decision to be happy with where I was. And I feel like that lesson applies to, to, you know, greater life, not just motherhood and birth. So, so that's the first thing. And, um, but I can't stress the support system enough. If that's somewhere where you've been, then you need to chase after that. You need to, you need to try to access the resources that are there. Talk through it. Tell someone why you feel the way you feel. And I promise one day it's just not going to feel like as big of a deal as it feels right now. Um, the other thing I wish someone told me about motherhood, I, I laugh with my mom about this. It is so freaking hard. I'm like, mom, why didn't you tell me how much work this is like from the get go? It's not like you, you know, you have a baby and in a couple of weeks you're like, oh, it's like the second that someone sets that kid into your arms. I feel like all women have this universal experience of being like, oh my God, my mom did this for me. This is I can't believe how much work it is from, you know, from soup to nuts. Um, I, I, I'd never really get too, <laughs> too frank with new moms because you don't want to, you know, scare anyone away from the experience. It's obviously a beautiful and wonderful experience, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all encompassing. It takes your energy. It takes um, every last bit of physical and mental stamina. And um, being the type of person I was, a career person, before I became a mom, I tended to surround myself with people who are very goal oriented. We were the type of people, you know, in my business in particular, where um, if you and, and I think this is true for anyone in a workplace or anyone who considers themselves a driven individual, you set a goal and you go about and do it. And to get to, you know, E, you go through A, B, C and D. And it's it's pretty simple. Life is lateral in that way. Or, you know, you can just kind of coast through the points to get to where you want to go when it comes to objective things. But in motherhood, it's just really not the case. Motherhood is the hardest thing ever because it's like an equation that someone gives you that there are like 5,000 variables. So you're trying to get to some solution, but your solution, your formula is going to be entirely different than mine. And I remember being really frustrated in the early days. I would have a crying baby. Thank goodness he wasn't 
super fussy or colicky, but he had his moments where I would say to my husband, okay, I've, I've done, I've swaddled him, I've fed him, I've shushed him, I've whatever, you know, we did the whole five S's with Dr. Harvey Karp and it's still not working and it would drive me bat shit crazy. I would be like, what else can I possibly do? And the answer was, there is no answer. And you have to be completely okay with the fact that this is, it's not a math equation. It's not, um, there's not something to which there's a simple answer. It is a constant rejiggering of a formula. And what worked yesterday is not going to work today, is not going to work tomorrow. And that's the important point to sort of to sort of remember. And for people who are really focused on achieving their goals, that is the one thing that I have seen them have the biggest amount of stress associated with is I, I just did not realize how hard it was and I did not realize that because I did A, B, A and B that C isn't happening. It's not, it's not like that. You just got to keep going. And every day you wake up, like I said, it's going to be different. Okay, this one is, <laughs> this is so uh, sort of cliche but true. Time does fly just like all of those old people always told you all of those years. I always call it a, really, uh, a real full circle moment when you find yourself saying the same things that you would hear like your grandma and your grandma's friends say, oh my God, I used to see you when you were walking around in diapers and you were like, oh my God. It's just, okay, old lady. And it's so true. Something happens. It's like you get into some sort of a time warp as soon as you have your first child and like, bam. I, it's just... It's crazy. It flies. So I tell new moms, you're not in a state to be necessarily appreciating all the small things in the first few weeks, but try if you can. Something I did that I actually look back on with um, such fondness, and it's something that I never realized I would appreciate so much years later, is I took the voice memos um, app on my iPhone, and when the baby was up and making those, you know, those little baby sounds, they're like... I, I can't explain them. It sounds like a little, like a tiny mouse. I don't know. It's the cutest sound ever. And I remember I had my phone nearby all the time because I was, you know, up and nursing. And I would just, you know, flick on my voice recording app and just record his little sounds. And to this day, I will go back and listen to that sweet little baby sound. And and I'm glad that I had the fortitude and like the sort of, you know, I had the thought to do that because... If you can take a moment to appreciate the little things and sort of memorialize them in some way, I promise you're going to go back and look at, just be so glad that you did. So, so glad. Um, okay, this next one is another thing that I feel like moms feel a little bit guilty about. It's okay if you don't feel that wow moment right away. So movies tell us that we should hold our babies for the first time and completely fall apart in hysterics. Um, I'm going to be frank. I didn't do that with my first two babies. I just didn't. Of course, I loved them right away. Uh, I wanted to protect them immediately. That instinct kicked right on. But there was no like outpouring waterfall Spielberg moment of, you know, tears that was happening. It was not a waterworks scene. Um, and it's okay if when someone puts your kid in your arms and you've been laboring for 34 hours in my case or however long that the first thing you don't do is, you know, break down into hysterics. I mean, for me, it was... It was, a sigh, it was a sigh of relief. I was like, dear God, thank you that this kid is outside of my body finally. My God, it took forever to get him here. Um, you can't feel guilty about that. This is not a contest as to who loves their child the most. We all love our children. We love them in different ways and at different paces. And if it doesn't look like for you that immediate sort of, you know, just sort of loss of control, like I said, a Hollywood moment, that's totally okay. 
love grows. It doesn't always has to have to start out big. Sometimes we need we need time to get there. And like I said, there's so much physical exhaustion I feel like that's associated with the laboring process that sometimes the first thing you feel is just relief. Sometimes all you want is like the strawberry smoothie that the nurse brings around after delivery. I mean, that's okay. This does not have to be, this is not anyone else's birth experience and you don't have to feel compelled to make it this big thing or this big moment. I will say with my, um, my second and third were VBACs. So we, we have vaginal birth after C-section. So um, I think with my first VBAC, I was just so flipping thrilled that I just got her out and that was a story in and of itself that I was just too exhausted to really really kind of break down like I said with my third I feel like I had had the benefit of experience I had experienced two different types of births and um, I was really able to focus on the moment so I was telling new moms like listen don't just just do it your way no one is there with a camera and watching you and you know just it, this is your moment you 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 deal with it how you will and I promise if you don't have that moment right away, that love for that baby is just going to grow no matter what. Okay, find your tribe. This is a big one. Um, I also say or maybe just your person. So there's all this uh, talk these days about, you know, the minute you have, um, you know, the minute you have a baby, you're part of this big sisterhood. And you are, you know, in a, in a very sort of generic sense of the phrase, you're part of something huge that's sort of that topic deserves its own podcast. I feel like that sense of community and, and, you know, um, commiseration and all that stuff that you feel with other women. But um, I think a lot of times these days, uh, women feel alone in the early days of, of um, you know, of having their first child because we there are these depictions of motherhood that we have a baby and immediately it's born into this village of people that are there to help us. Now, let me tell you something, unless you have the benefit of living within, you know, walking or spitting distance of your family who's willing to help, and that's another big caveat too, for the most part, you're going to be going this alone. And I, I don't say that to be like shitty or to like scare people away, but um, you have to really build your tribe. It's not like you come home and there is going to be this wizened old woman waiting at the front door for you, you know, with a handbook and here's how you raise your child. No, I mean, this is it. It's you and it's the kid. And your partner's going to go back to work. Chances are, unless he has or she has great paternity or family leave. So you do have to build your tribe over time. If I'm being totally honest, it took me years to find people that I felt that I vibed with. I will say this, social media for all of its travails and all of the stress that it can bring into our lives, it also has allowed me to make the most beautiful connections with relative strangers and has allowed me to get help with things that I otherwise wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to get help with. So I, I say there are several ways to go about building your tribe. Um, Put yourself out there. Join one of those. Like I said, find a Facebook moms group, even if it's something that you can scroll through the posts or post your own question about, you know, doesn't anyone else's baby have this funky rash or is this normal? And you'll get responses and you'll get interaction in that way. And also, this is going to sound super creepy, but <laughs> like it's like you're dating, like give your phone number out to someone you might meet at a coffee shop, a fellow mom that you kind of vibe with. I have done that so many times. I have 
completely felt like a creeper. But I promise you, every woman does this. I mean, if you have a moment, and you know, in the 20 minutes of, of the day that you actually get to be outside with your baby and he's calm for long enough for you to, you know, run through Starbucks or go wherever you are and you find a moment of connection with someone, exploit that, you know, get their number, give them your number and be like, you know, hey, if you guys are ever in our neighborhood, I would love to get together for a play date or you know, that stuff works. I, I have people in my life that I've met to this day that I've met in that manner. So you have to take a chance. You have to not be afraid to be the weirdo. I'm okay with being a weirdo because I'm a weirdo at heart. <laughs> but you got to put yourself out there. And I do promise if you don't find that mom friend or that group right away, you will. You have to just keep going. And and with every new activity, whether it's a mom and me singing group or, you know, like I said, or it's just sort of being around town, you'll start to see the same people in the same places. And that's when you start to build your tribe. Take advantage of those moments because I promise you she's feeling the same way. Uh, this is another big one. Something else I wish someone told me about motherhood. You have to find a new way to get me time. So when you have a kid, you automatically end up at the bottom of your own list of priorities. This is for a variety of reasons. The largest of which is that there is a person who is literally stuck to your body, sucking your life out of you for the first however long. Um, that's normal. You're going to be at the bottom of your list for a, for a while. Your toes are going to look janky. Your roots are going to grow in. Your you know mustache is going to grow in. I mean, all this weird, gross things that you were able to like keep at bay with like normal people behavior when you were pregnant or childless like that that's normal you're supposed to be kind of funky for the first couple of months um but as time goes on i it, it's my belief that it's really important to try to find time and i say this and i feel like moms will kind of come at you like well i don't have time i'm working full time or i don't have the money to get a sitter i'm not talking about that and by the way i worked full time through my first two children so i get it i know what it's like to be completely lacking in personal time. I get it. I've been there. But you know what you do have time for? You have time to stand in the shower for a minute and close your eyes and deep breathe. You have time to, while the baby is napping, walk to your mailbox and take a few gulps of fresh air. You have the time to, when your partner gets home at night, take a walk around the block. These are not things, these are not pockets of me time that have to cost you money or that have to be some big extravagant planning experience. They just have to be enough for you to find a moment to reconnect. Because so often when we become moms, we forget who we were beforehand. I think I think that's actually kind of essential. I mean, I don't think we ever should be the same exact person we were before we had kids. But you do get back to who you were. You just have to really prioritize the little pockets of time and make them happen. Your partner's chances are your partner's not going to come home and be like, here, give me the baby. You go do this and that. I, I mean, let's let's be honest. They're running screaming in the other direction. <laughs> not really. My husband's going to kill me if he hears this. That's not true. They're supportive and wonderful and helpful, but no one is going to give you what you need unless you ask for it. Um, my moment of peace, my little pocket of peace, as I call it, was actually getting my mail. How lame is that? That was the moment that I looked forward to the most out of any day. We had a mailbox that was like you know, I don't even know. It was probably 400 feet from our house. We lived in a townhouse when, when our son was born. And I remember just being like, okay, this is my outing for the day. Take the baby. 
hold him for three minutes. I'm going to go stand by the mailbox. And this was probably the only time in my life where I like looked forward to junk mail. I'm like, what's new in, you know, athleta, athlete, athleisure gear today. I mean, I was just, I was flipping through stupid mail. I would text people. I would call my mom quickly. And it was probably at the most five minutes, but it meant the world for my state of mind because I got to feel like myself for just a minute again. So find those pockets of peace. They are there if you look, I promise. And this last one is big too because God, are we ever critical of ourselves as women? Nine months out, 12 months back. That's my little um, sort of tagline that I remind myself of. Nine months, of course, to make the baby, to bring the baby into the world, and then a year at least to get back physically. So we look at ourselves after having babies and it's it's freaking disappointing sometimes to look at yourself in the mirror after having a baby and think about how much has changed since having kids. But let me tell you this, it will come back. Your body will come back with proper time and the ability to carve out a little bit of those pockets of peace like I was just talking about over the next year or so. You're going to get back there. But the important thing that I think we need to remind ourselves of as moms is there is no bouncing back. You are not Heidi Klum. No one is calling you to walk the Victoria's Secret runway six weeks after giving birth. And if they are, they're going to pay you a million dollars. So you probably can hire a trainer. But you and me and the rest of the 99.99999% of the world Enjoy that time. I mean, isn't it actually kind of great that we don't have to give a shit? Isn't it awesome that we don't have anyone expecting us to do anything for those first couple of weeks, couple of months, except help our baby survive and thrive? Now, I know we, we go back to work and that's part of it, too. Like I said, I have been there, too. But no one is no one is holding you to this un untenable, un, un, un sort of unachievable standard of beauty like you are. And I just encourage you just don't. Don't look at Us Magazine and don't look at that issue, the baby bounce back issue while you're going through this. You don't need to see that. These celebrities and the people that you are seeing on Instagram or on any other form of social media who seem like they have completely returned to their pre-baby self, I promise you, there are so many tricks going on. Smoke and mirrors. I mean, it's real, people. I've worked in TV. I know what good lighting can do for somebody. And I have seen people look like completely different creatures, like going from bad lighting to good lighting, literally with a swipe of that, like whatever that tool is on Photoshop. It's like smooth, the smooth tool. You can look like a different person. So don't torture yourself. Don't go onto those social channels that make you feel less than. Give yourself that year, however long feels right to you to bounce back. For me, it was about a year. And if I'm being honest, I have never had a scale in my house except for like the time right around that post that year mark post baby where I just have a little moment of accountability where I'm like okay am I kind of where I was okay great and then the scale goes away until I have another child and I'm not having any more kids so the scale is permanently away but don't do it to yourself it's not worth it um and a little side note though if you do want something that actually just feels really good um after having a baby, and this is, goes for C-section or regular delivery, those belly bands, and this is not for a superficial reason, but just for the feeling of comfort that it brings, they are so worth looking into. I got the belly bandit for uh, my first, I actually used it for all three kids. Um, and you can't really like put it on right away. At least I couldn't because I looked like I was massively pregnant until, I don't know, for a, a week or two after giving birth. But when you can finally put those on, I don't know if they help with the bounce back. I can't really account for that or, or attest to that because I'm not a doctor. But I will say it, you know, just kind of gives you like a nice little snugged in and, and cuddly feeling. So 
just a little sidebar. Be kind to yourself, but check out the Belly Bandit. Hashtag not sponsored. I just love it. It's that good. So um, anyway, I hope that was helpful, guys. That's what I wish someone told me about motherhood. I'm sure you have your own tips and tricks and thoughts. And um, I would always love to hear where you're coming from. Hearing other people's experiences of motherhood, it gives me strength. Sharing our stories, I believe, gives us all strength. So find me on my social channels and tell me your wackadoodle birth story or tell me, you know, something that you did to feel like yourself again after birth. You can find me on all of my channels on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. I'm on Facebook. I have a public page that you can find there, SunnyAbata.tv. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. So yeah, weigh in. We are all in this together. How wonderful and beautiful and crazy is that? It's all so different, but at the end of the day, it's actually all pretty similar. So yeah, hit me up. Thank you for listening and um, I will see you guys soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the 30-something podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, I would love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at Sunny Abata. That's S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. Or check out my website, SunnyAbata.com. Hope to hear from you and see you soon.